You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good afternoon, evening, wherever you are, gearheads. <laughs> <laughs> we we, uh, we just watched the Spanish Grand Prix, and yeah, not the most exciting not race. Not a classic. Not a classic. That's a good, I like your, your spin on that. That's mm. good. Not a classic. I, I like Jolien's spin. <laughs> What did we learn there? <laughs> what did he say? Tune in later when I figure it out or something, <laughs> like, something that. like that. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, like I said, it is one of those things. Uh, join the conversation, though, uh, here on uh, 512-643-5483. We want to get your take, uh, not just on that race, but there's been a lot of yeah. racing going on, a lot of stories going on in Formula One, uh, including here in Austin um, as well. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk, about, talk that. about that um, as well, uh, the um, Coda story. Um, but um, yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's lots to talk about in the world of Formula One, but that was not... Well, it was, it was a Mercedes cakewalk, wasn't it? Yeah. So Lewis Hamilton wins the race, Valtteri Bottas second, Verstappen, Vettel, Leclerc, Gasly, then Magnussen, Carlos Sainz snuck ahead of uh, Grosjean, and so did Daniel Kvyat. So Grosjean finishes 10th. So what does that give the Haas boys eight points after today? So they're going to move up for sure. I don't know if they're going to overtake. Uh, let's see. They've renamed turn two uh, <laughs> Roma. Yeah. Turn Roma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I don't think they're going to overtake McLaren, but we'll see. We'll refresh the standing here in a second. But but yeah, I mean, the, the car's coming together. The Haas cars that, you know, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, come on, guys, let's don't. Let's don't crash each other out the first chance. No, but had. I, I actually like the fact that they are where they are in terms of they're willing to take each other on. They're both aggressive. I, I just like the like I said, I've said it before. I like the combination of the Haas two drivers. It's that there is no team orders. Those guys go at it unfettered and they, they race hard. I mean, you know, I've said it before, but Magnus and family, you only have to watch dad in, in IMSA <laughs> yeah. to know just how aggressive Kevin's going to be. And he, you know, he's never made any friends in Formula One and nor has Roman Grosjean. So good for them. Yeah. And what you were talking about is Grosjean. How many times did he go outside the track on that track? About four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I don't know if his car was damaged or not from doing I, I that. I think it might, you know, you can't get that hit that many times and have it perfect, can you? Yeah, so I'm assuming that's how both uh, Kvyat and Sainz got ahead of him. But yeah, I was really hoping that, that Magnussen and Grosjean would hold that 7-8 because that would have probably put him in uh, in the lead of best of the rest. But, but again, Ferrari let themselves down, really. Um, yeah. a, a lock up by, you know, a flat spot by... Um, Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, and that, that kind of put paid to his hopes. Uh, I think they kept Leclerc too too long behind Vettel, and once he got ahead of him, he was well faster than him. Um, you know, they're just not helping themselves, I don't think, Ferrari. Um, it's a shame because I think what we all want to see, and I think this speaks for all the American fans here in the USA, we want to see Charles Leclerc uh, take it to Mercedes. Um, that's what we want. Uh, or Sebastian Vettel, matter who, but I mean, you know, right now, Leclerc looks like the most likely. Yeah, we need somebody to take on Mercedes. Come on, guys. But yeah, you're and right. Verstappen. Yeah, we'll take Verstappen after him too. You know, and look, let's let's look at how what an amazing feat that is that Verstappen in the Red Bulls ahead of Ferrari. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. A, and, and like you say, man, most likely, isn't he? 
at the yeah. moment, and uh, and Honda. Interestingly enough, you know the days yeah. we keep forgetting it, but uh, I want I want to go back to the sort of Honda story later um, because yeah, Honda have are now reliable and fast, and Honda seemingly no none of the problems that they had with McLaren for five years. <laughs> I mean, I say five years; it was sort of four years on track, one year development, and they said they'd come good, and they are. Yeah. Okay, my driver of the day was Lance Stroll for causing the safety car because <laughs> it was this race was if we hadn't had that, we'd have had literally nothing going on in this Whose race. Whose fault was that? I think it was Lance Stroll. Maybe really? it's just maybe it's just because I kind of have a sour taste about him. I don't know why. He just kind of <laughs> I don't know. He just kind of exudes a bad attitude to me. But that's just I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's, maybe he's that's a bit just petulant. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you could easily argue that was just good racing. But yeah, I mean, it was a racing incident, which is what the boys said on the BBC. But, but the way Lance Stroll turned in, I think that's what made me think Lance Stroll. The, the thing about that 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 corner has been controversial in both bikes and cars over the years because once you turn into it, it turns back on itself, and there's nowhere to go if you're on the inside, which then becomes the outside, if you like. Um, you are, sorry, the out. If you're on the outside and then you become the inside, you, you should say, "Well, I've got every right to be here." But if you made the inside move up the turn one, which is the obvious overtake, then you're going to be on the outside. But you you should have the impetus. So, yeah, and should. it's uphill. All right, hey, well, let's let's get some Americans' input. You guys, give us a call in five one two six four three five four eight three. Call in and tell us what you think think of the race. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Lewis Hamilton fastest lap also, so he added a point yeah. onto that. Yeah, yeah. And let's see, um, what do you think about Carlos Sainz sneaking up through there, passing Grosjean and, and uh, trying to catch up with Magnus? He had a pretty good race. Yes, better. Like I said to you at the beginning of the show, I was like, he's being, he'd been overshadowed by uh, Lando Norris up until now. An important race for him, mm -hmm. obviously, at home. You saw the fans there waiting for him. Um, yeah, big race for him. Um, and also, a uh, big race for Pierre Gasly. Um, and in fact... Um, yeah, I, I want to talk a bit more about uh, a Honda, Red Bull, and Pierre Gasly, and that sort of follow-on um, over the years uh, of how Japan has been a big factor in that. I spoke to Nick Cassidy. Um, oh. uh, yeah, well, let's uh, let me. Let me see if we have that clip. Yeah, we do. We've got that clip. Yeah, so you wanna... Nick Cassidy is leading the Super Formula Championship. He's a New Zealander, um, and um, he drove against Pierre Gasly when he was in Japan, and he's now driving against um, Lucas Auer and Dan Tictum, who are both Red Bull drivers. So my point is that the combination of Honda and Red Bull, this is where the future of the next Formula One star, and I was talking to Nick um, about whether Honda had any Japanese there. Um, and he was like, not really. And he's a Toyota guy. And he's like, you know, honestly, um, you know, Honda are looking for the next uh, big thing. And actually, the next big thing is Soba, who is racing with Liam Lawson in the FIA F3, which you'll see. Um, and I think that that he's another Red Bull junior. We've just seen Pato Ward become a Red Bull junior. Anyway, I asked Nick Cassidy about who he saw uh, as being the next men to fall in line and follow Pierre Gasly. And in that respect, just sort of turning to the Europeans a second, is that what the likes of Dan Tictum and, and Lucas Auer are trying to do, which is impress Honda uh, and obviously be part of the Red Bull Junior with a view to be, to be in, the, in the right position for either Toro Rosso uh, or Red Bull later? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, those those guys. I mean, there's a lot of attention on them them now, international attention, uh, because yeah, they've they've come over here, and I guess the championships getting more recognised and things. But if you look back a couple of years, you know, Red Bull had Gasly here, and mm-hmm. I think I think he's definitely the reference for Tickton Hour. They've, in my opinion, have got to match what Gasly did um, to have a shot. The year before that was Stoffel Van Dorn. Same year as Pierre. I mean, actually, my, my first year of Super Formula was against Pierre and Felix Rosenquist. And you see, mm-hmm. you know, Felix obviously with Scott now at Ganassi and IndyCar. And so they've, they've kind of set a benchmark, um, which, yeah, these guys for sure are having to match not only for, for Honda, but yeah, for, for Red Bull as well. Yeah, the, the interesting point about that is, and obviously, if you want to go to our SoundCloud, you'll see I did a whole thirty minutes with with Nick because he's also in the Super GT. Uh, he's 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 living the dream. He's the Gran Turismo <laughs> guy, um, so he's doing Super GT up against um, the, you know Jensen Button and, and a few others, um, Lorraine Carthacan, and, and, and but the Super Formula is very much now becoming more and more a breeding ground for potential Formula One stars. Van Dorn, he mentioned, Gasly is another one. And Red Bull, it seems, with Honda, and this is the combination, are now sending Lucas Auer and um, uh, Dan Tictum, the next wannabes, um, to Japan to cut their teeth huh. and be ready for Toro Rosso. Uh, and likewise, you've just seen Pato Ward um, get a similar sort of accolade of, of, of being part of that junior team. So I guess what I'm saying is watch out for the Red Bull juniors. They do have some really good talent that's going to hit the Formula One scene soon. And that combined with a good Honda motor. Right. All right. Well, let's go to our 18-wheel roving Formula One reporter, Larry. <laughs> Larry, what state are you in, buddy? I'm in Arkansas today. I'm sorry. No, I'm just joking. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on in Arkansas? That's terrible. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> well, I've just been on a goofy, goofy schedule, and uh, what goes on in Arkansas, I'm assuming in Little Rock, is the same amount of corruption that seems endemic in states like Arkansas and Louisiana. But I tell us what you really was... think, Larry. Well, I thought. <laughs> I listen to too much political talk radio during the week. Oh, there's your problem. That'll, yeah, that'll drive you crazy in this day and age. <laughs> well, what'd you think well, of the race? I was really disappointed in Botas because I really want to see him challenge Hamilton because I think in most races that's going to be the only real races for the lead is between Botas and Hamilton. Except that, like I, you know, I'm assuming Ferrari's going to show strong at, in in Italy and, and uh, Red Bull's going to you know dominate Monaco. Monaco. And, and, is going to be Mercedes fighting it out, and and all the real action is going to be the best of the rest. Uh, you, you're seeing that now. Uh, and the other thing is, Verstappen needs a teammate. You see what Honda <laughs> did in cooperation and four cars worth of feedback to build their program instead of two cars and no cooperation. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you say that. Well, what do you think the answer is? Who do you who would you put there? I think they've got enough talent coming in. I don't know if Ferrari just poaches from Italy instead of worldwide like Red Bull does. If Ferrari needs to maybe cast a wider net for their driving academy, although they do have pretty good luck with the system they have now. But I think 
right now, I somebody's got to raise their head and become that guy to back up their stop and, and and really build that team for the front rows and leave Ferrari in the dust because that's what I think Honda is doing right now, especially with that Red Bull chassis. They, Ferrari has clearly stumbled, and it's mystifying as to why they stumbled. I don't know how long they're going to they're going to remain in the doldrums until they replace Vettel, because I don't know that they're getting any real good feedback from him. And they, you know, I don't know. I don't have any previous to what goes on there in in Maranello, but I, I've got to believe that that Leclerc is clearly the rising star for the Tafosi, and they're extremely disappointed in Vettel. Yeah, he's really gone off the boil, and I don't understand why. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, we always knew that this threat um, of a, a young kid like um, uh, Charles Leclerc w- would be that. But, you know, this is a four-time world champion. This is a guy that should be, you know, and he's been around the, the, the hazards a bit. I mean, he should, be, he should be up for the task of taking on a younger driver, uh, as he did, you know, he, he battled hard with Ricardo at Red Bull, um, and, and definitely Ricardo. Uh, changed the game a little bit between the pair of them. But by then, you know, Vettel had achieved a lot. So, I, I, yeah, he really does need to pull his finger out. It's the only, way I can, the only way I can put it. I think, are we seeing a lack of character on the part of Vettel that if he has a great car and nobody really pushing him from behind, he can shine, but he cannot deal with adversity. He doesn't have the character to, to like a Hamilton does, to just reach down deeper and grab something else that's down there. That Vettel just doesn't have it. That seems to be the uh, that seems to be what's going on, and and there's no question that Charles Leclerc. And I told you, I think the other day, Larry, his brother Arthur's coming up pretty quick too. So uh, he's just uh, signed up for um, that's right. Alfa Romeo as a junior driver. So uh, he's in F4 at the moment, but. Um, yeah, I mean it's not looking good. It's not looking good for Vettel because once you get to Ferrari, there's no other way. There's no other way to go. It's only downhill from there on in. Well, yes, it is, and and it it, it just. I wonder if if Ferrari, if they don't remain at the top, are they going to be? I don't want to see them become a Williams. I don't want to see them become a McLaren struggling in the midfield, the Tafossi and the rest. And I'm not, I'm not a member of the Tafossi by any means, but you want to see Ferrari at the front. Mm. I mean, after all, this Ferrari, it's the prancing horse known worldwide. You want to see that at the front fighting with everybody else instead of just futzing around. And as for Leclerc's young, younger brother, mm. if it's a case of the Bushes, he's got to step up himself. Like Kurt said, if you think I'm good, wait, you see my little brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, and you're absolutely right. I mean, funnily enough, my, my history goes back long enough where I do remember when the Tafusi and uh, the Tafusi and the and Ferrari were down in the doldrums back before the golden era of Michael Schumacher at Irvine, etc. Uh, back in the late '80s when Williams were winning everything, and so were McLaren. Um, Ferrari were nowhere really, um, and um, they had quite a few sort of lean seasons where they really didn't do much, and it took a long time before they they finally hit their stride. And that combination of Ross Braun, Michael Schumacher, Ed Irvine really moved them forward. And of course, the rest is history, as they say. Um, but they've yeah they've 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 shown little of that in the last few years. All right, well, Larry, we appreciate you calling in. We got to go to a break. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling. Anybody else wants to call five one two six four three live. Five one two six four three five four eight three. We do have George from Virginia holding, and uh, George, we'll get to you right after the break. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. 
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point-and-shoot six-gun finger, the hang-loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club. With exclusive members-only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine, and roadside service, the Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you! Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at haggerty.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. And now I want to jump right out to George in Virginia. He called in at 512-643-5483. George, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Great to join you. First, a couple things. First, thank you for what you guys do. Um, I called you at 2 in the morning. You guys <laughs> put in great yeoman's work. And I just want to make sure that people recognize that. And second, happy to your mothers and all the mothers out there. There you go. On Mother's Day. Happy I Mother's Day. Good point. I can't stay too long because I'm going to put in my application to do tire management for Ferrari. Uh, yes. I think they're going to have an opening. <laughs> <laughs> George, you got the job. Well done. We didn't get your resume, but we'll take it. <laughs> I, I think I can learn on the job, seeing what's going on. But um, seriously, <laughs> seriously, um, I'm like um, um, the, the commentator. I've been following F1 almost since the 70s. I remember they used to be on TV. They used to have a show called Battle of the Network Star. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Jackie Stewart, you know, running 50-yard dashes and swimming, uh, <laughs> you know, 100 meters. So <laughs> that's how far back I go. But um, I don't know if Ferrari is Vettel slipping in form or the team around him are the A, how do I say this, the A-plus squad. Because they are making mechanical entire misfires that were givens up to several years ago. So I don't know the personnel moves. I mean, I think the F1 teams kind of keep those close to the vest. You know, I don't know if John Jones came from, you know, they tell you about the technical director, but you don't know much about the, the, rest the, of the line team. people, where they come from. But... Something tells me the other teams are poaching the top people, and Ferrari may not be the first the the, the first destination for the best people. Because I'm what I saw today, I'm like, this is almost like minority type of mistakes. 
Yeah. Well, hey, George, talk specifically. What exactly in the tire management are you referring to? Okay, if I'm not mistaken, um, weren't weren't um, Vettel or wasn't there a section where um, I guess he was on the yellows or the reds when um, it should have been? I know it was warm all day, so they didn't do much switch ups. Yeah, but it just seemed like there was there was misconfusion on you know what 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 could, they can get the most out of the particular tire, and they were stuck with it. They would have to switch, and they would have lost places. I remember hearing that, you know, if they, if they go into pitch now, he's definitely going to be in fifth or something like that. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing that. I don't know if that was time management thing or that was just coming to the pitch thing. So I may need to recorrect myself on that. I do remember there was one, a couple of, um, a couple of um, pits where the rear right um, tire change was a little slow, or it was yep. slow, you know. That for sure. 1.5, it was 1.7 or something. I mean, something to that. It turned into a four-second pit stop, which is, you know, almost double what you've been averaging. So, yes, you're right about that for sure. So, mistakes do happen. So, I don't want to, you know, put myself, I know, all human error. But, I mean, I'm just wondering. I I have to go to F1 Magazine or Autosport (laughs) somewhere to find, you know, who are they getting? Are these, have these guys been there a while? Are these new people who come from other places and maybe Mercedes or, Red Bull are paying top dollar. You know, and those Jack men are going there. I don't know. There's but, one, George. Uh, there is uh, one guy I would point to, which is Jock Clear, who's been. Uh, he's actually uh, looking after Charles Leclerc at the moment, and he was at Mercedes. He looked after Lewis Hamilton. He looked after Michael Schumacher before that at Mercedes. Um, before that, he was Jacques Villeneuve's engineer uh, when he won back in the nineties. You'll remember that. So Jock Clear is one of the most uh, sought after and uh, respected. Expected, uh, principal engineers in motor racing in Formula One, uh, and he's currently at Ferrari. At, at, but his job is basically to oversee Charles Leclerc. I think, which is which is what he's doing a brilliant job at. And it makes it makes me wonder just how much attention is going to Charles Leclerc than than, than is Vettel. And and I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to. You know, I know the name Jacques Clear springs loud to me because I know I've followed his career. I don't know uh, the same of. I, I'm looking it up myself. Self, um, to see who's looking after Sebastian, you know, Vettel. Well, what do you think about George's question about are they getting the best talent? I, I mean, I know drivers still say I want to drive at Ferrari in my career. I mean, they'll sacrifice anything to get to Ferrari. Still, you, I think, if you ask anybody, any driver that, but do you think they're getting any other? You know, are they still getting the other talent? That's a good question. Because George, you don't need F one magazine. We got Jonathan Green. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a very good it's a very good point. Um and I, I it's a it's a working for an Italian team is a double-edged sword. One minute it's like you say it's what every fan wants to do. It's got such a passion about it. But it's well known for its chaos. And Binotto, uh, the new guy has um you know, um has come in. Um he's both the uh team principal and as well as the lead engineer or the lead um uh sort of uh, organizer of the team. And so he's been moved up to team principal once that uh, Arriva Bene was uh, left. Um, so, you know, it's it's a tough one. I, I, I still don't think they've got it right yet. Their management scene is not right yet. Well, and it's George, showing with Vettel. George, thanks for calling in, buddy. Appreciate the input as always. We appreciate what you guys do by calling in. We'd love to hear Americans talking about Formula One. So thanks for calling in, man. We got another caller. 
Take care. All right, now we're going to go to uh, Andy P, because Andy P is going to talk about what's going to happen in Chicago. But first, he's going to give us his take on the race. What's up, Andy? Morning, guys. Howdy. Morning. Uh, first off, first and foremost, I just wanted to send, uh, you know, I, I tweeted at you guys earlier, but a special thank you for um, the, the Gunther Steiner question. Hey! Uh, the fact that you guys uh, read them almost verbatim the way that I typed them when I was <laughs> trying to quickly do it. Uh, that was really cool. That was, it was very humbling this morning. Well, good question. Uh, and and I, I love the fact that Gunther Steiner finally said a name. Thanks to you. I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't even going to ask him the question because he always answers it the same. We are looking for a driver for the car and we're going to, <laughs> the and, car. and, uh, but thanks to you, he answered with Colton Herta, who he's watching carefully, which is, I don't blame him. And that's a good choice. I mean, the guy's got a lot of raw talent. He showed what he could do down in Texas earlier, so it was great. Yeah, we interviewed him right after that race at, here in Austin at Dakota, and he's uh, he's a he's a smart kid, and he's pretty driven, and he's got I think he's got the confidence and the attitude. So yeah, let's let's follow him. But what about today's race? Uh, my I, I wrote a couple things down. Um, one thing I would say to fans, if this was like your first foray into Formula One and you saw it and you went, boy, what the heck is all this? <laughs> yeah. I would just caution everybody, don't sour on this sport because it's going to give you the race of the year when you least expect it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think back to, I think it was maybe sort of 2017, uh, the second uh, Baku race. Nobody thought that thing was going to be entertaining I, I sure didn't. I wasn't even really looking forward to it all that much. It ended up being one of the races of the year. So there's plenty of rounds to go. They're going to go to a lot of different circuits with better topography. The, the Spanish circuit, just it, it, this track is great for testing, but it doesn't lend itself to good racing. It, it, it just The topography of it just doesn't allow cars to get close enough with it. Yeah, and, compared to, let's you know, say, Cota, you know, which really is a doozy when it comes to great racing. Right, exactly. Um, I, I, my other comment was thank you to Lando Norris and Lance Stroll for at least causing <laughs> something. <laughs> that, that was my driver of the day was Lance Stroll for causing the safety car, so, so we had something to watch. Right, exactly. I mean, at least it, it allowed the last few laps to get drama-filled. And, hey, Carlos Sainz got four points when, quite frankly, I don't think any McLaren deserved anything today. So uh, that was good. <laughs> and I know you're a fan of McLaren, too. Right, right. The um, question, though, was with Mercedes just being completely dominant, we, we've seen F1 management sometimes get, get involved before, like I think back to what happened with Braun and the double diffusers and that type of thing. Is there any talk of them doing anything like that? Because, I mean, is this, are we on track to see the most dominant Mercedes season ever? Man, I, I hope not, but... It sure feels like it, guys. I, I, I got to say, it doesn't feel also like the Rosberg days where Rosberg had swapped engineers with Hamilton and they were determined. Uh, and obviously, we know what Rosberg's plan was deep down. He was going to win and win and bin it. He was going to win it and quit. And uh, he yeah. did just that. Whereas with Botas, I, I, you, you get the feeling that they're going to work together as a team to totally dominate um, the sport. Never mind. Uh, and Botas is along for the for the ride, as it were. Uh, if he gets a championship here or there, that's that's a great career. Uh, Hamilton's really hard to beat until he wants to get bored of it and you know wander off to LA and drive his Lamborghinis. Um, it's it, it's really hard to see anybody stopping them. 
um, at the moment, anyway. And if that's the case, we may have to wait till 2021. And if the they new go rules. with the new rules, yeah. And if we make it through all of this year and all of next year, they're going to own every record in the book. I mean, not a bunch of them for sure. So it's going to be. I keep saying it though. Ten years ago, they hadn't won anything. I know. And Michael Schumacher was in the car, and they were a joke. I know. I saw that infographic that's showing the history, and Mercedes was was literally nowhere. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, when Schumacher was driving for them, it was kind of a also. You know, it's just kind of a. It was a. Sh- we all felt like, oh, it's a shame he's racing there. Hey, Andy, I, I respect your your, uh, your your knowledge on this sport well enough. What do you think about the story that we mentioned at the top of the hour? The potential of Williams replacing um, Kubica with Latifi. Same show, different result, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You could you could put Lewis Hamilton in that car right now, and I don't think it would go all that much faster. I mean, I, I, looking at, at kind of some of the timings over the course of the weekend, Williams did make a step, but they were they're so far out. I I don't know why you would want to take that away from a guy who's worked so hard like Kubica, who actually has a marketing potential and the uh, possibility of getting sponsorships. For a guy like Latifi, who's a relatively unknown guy. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And in fact, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm, I'm always a bit kind of soppy when it comes to um, a good story, and, and Kubica is that. Um, and you're right. I just don't think anybody else could drive that car. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't think, I think if you put um, um, Hamilton in that car, I don't think he'd go any quicker. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, Andy, we got about a minute before we got a break, but I want to ask you about the official announcement. We knew it was coming, but that F1 roars into Chicago uh, with a festival at Soldier Field on June 8th. Uh, that was announced this week. Now, you're in that area, right? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm literally about maybe a half an hour out outside the city. So, um, it's so you'll be our reporter then. <laughs> oh, very much so. I mean, for once, I'm not going to have to get on a plane to go see cars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's good, though. It's good for the city. That's good for Formula One. Right on the weekend of the Canadian Grand Prix, they're going to show qualifying live um, at Soldier Field. I think that's. I think it's a, it, these ideas, these sort of festivals, are a good thing for Formula One. And I think it lays the groundwork. And, and I'll, I will selfishly say this: you know, it, a Grand Prix around the streets of Chicago would be would be great. Hmm. Would be awesome. I don't know how you would do it logistically. Just, I mean, I take enough time driving around there. <laughs> every day to, to know what, what it would cause. But um, if they could somehow find a way to make it happen, this city, this city loves, just like Austin, uh, loves to get behind things when stuff comes. So if, if Liberty, if you're listening, you got one fan here, <laughs> I can bring a few of my friends and we can all show up. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, Andy, thanks for calling and thanks for sending the question for Gunther Steiner and uh, thanks for all the support. We appreciate it. Very welcome, and thanks to you guys, and take care. All right, talk to you soon. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a break, and we will continue our Formula One discussion. We're going to talk a little Formula E, two and a little uh, W Series. So stick with us through the break. Listen to Speed City live in Austin. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellis. And I'm Daytona. 
Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. That's Imagine Dragons, who you can hear at Circuit of the Americas at the Formula One race. Imagine Dragons. Imagine that. Just Imagine Dragons at Elroy. <laughs> hey, uh, they're coming. A, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you something really quick because we have a new sponsor in Formula One. But I was driving down Lamar Boulevard here in Austin, Texas. That sounds like the start of a song and country yeah. song. That and I saw a gorgeous. Defender, Land, Land Rover Defender. And by gorgeous, I mean it was old, it was rugged, I and mean, it was not in great shape at all. But it looked like it could take on the world, you know, maybe five miles an hour at a time, like an old Land Rover Defender would. But our new sponsor in Formula One, drivehimalaya.com is their website address. Himalaya, they make, they take that spirit of the original Land Rover Defender and they modernize it. And they turn... They, they take these classic vehicles. When you say that spirit, do you mean the true blue British stubbornness of take on the world, drive over everything, and whatever happens will be there at the end? That spirit? They mean, I mean that spirit exactly <laughs> with an American V8 under the hood. That's what I mean. So, so you'll get there, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and what these guys do is... Get there, actually. What these guys do is they, they take a Land Rover Defender and they modify it down to the nth degree, to the degree that you would expect in Formula One engineering is why we think they're such a great fit in the Formula One world. And they make amazing vehicles. These are unbelievable. If you've ever seen anything like this, you probably haven't actually, but they, they, they literally replace anything and everything, complete, complete suspension, drivetrain, including transmissions, Modern-day transmissions, modern suspensions, modern brakes, and they do the interiors. They do every single thing in these vehicles, and they are just unbelievable. Really, truly one of a kind in the globe. You know, if your if you're, uh, success in life has taken you to a, sp a spot where, you know, the Ferrari, uh, your buddy has one down the street, uh, the, the Himalaya, there are literally nothing like this in the world. It's really an incredible thing that these guys have done by taking one of those vehicles that I saw just yesterday. And and you get a feeling when you see those old ones, but they've taken this to a whole new level, and it's really amazing. So go to drivehimalaya.com and check them out. 
All right. Well, we are very excited because we have a driver on the phone, and I am so excited because we talked a lot about the W Series last weekend, and I thought, I wonder how our fans are going to take this. And then I looked on social media, and everybody's talking no, about it's good. Everybody's talking about the W Series, and the one driver that impressed me before the race, in the car, on the radio, and then after the race with her maturity, her poise, and not to mention her driving was Jamie Chadwick who won the inaugural first race, and we want to welcome her to the show. Jamie, welcome to Speed City. Oh, thanks for having me. I like that intro as well. I haven't heard <laughs> like that before, thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll send so, it to you. Sorry, Jamie, I'm English. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do the usual. So, is this girl, she's really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's fast. It doesn't sound as good, does it? <laughs> no, no, I might come over to America more often. I like there you it. go. Uh, but, Jamie, we, I really was. I was really impressed with everything you did that weekend, but really, just as importantly... I was impressed with all the racing and the production. I loved having um, Claire Cottingham as the lead commentator along with David Coulthard. I, I thought the whole production was really good, and it was just, I don't know, it was just something about the whole thing that really struck me, and I really think this is going to do well. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so. I think what's quite funny is I haven't really actually had a chance to watch a lot of it back yet, but I think... Um, one thing we've seen, we've seen how well put together it's been because we've been through the selection process over the past few months and the testing and all that's been going on. So we've seen uh, behind the scenes um, how great the people are that are involved with it and how successful it has the potential to be. But obviously last weekend was the first time that was opened up to everyone in the public eye. And yeah, it was great that it got the reaction it got. Um, I'm really happy for the series and everyone involved. But also I think the racing has great potential. I mean... Obviously, um, I'm happy last weekend went the way it did for me, but ultimately that race was pretty close and no doubt as the season goes on, it's only going to get closer. Jamie, i got a question. I, I cover Macau and I cover the Toyota Racing Series. We had Tatiana Calder on a few years ago. Uh, I also cover F3 and F4 here in the States and obviously we've got Shay Holbrook, uh, uh, Holbrook uh, and uh, um, Sabre Cook. Cook as well um, who was in F4 last year. But now you've all raced together uh, and let's face it, you, you kind of had to, you know, you started off as over 100 people and, and then it whittled down to, to the field that you've got. Um, were you surprised by the level of competition or was it what you thought it would be? Um, I think deep down I knew it was always going to be competitive. Um, I think the reality is, is there just aren't enough women competing at that level for us to really know um, or have been able to have predicted um, what it was actually going to be like. So I had an idea in the back of my mind. I was really surprised going into the first selection process that there were as many girls as there were. Um, in my whole career, I'd only raced against, you know, maybe three or four other female racing drivers at most. So to find or come across 60 others, uh, if not more, that was incredible. Mm. And then, yeah, to finally end up at the first race and the level be the level that it is, I think it's really, really impressive. And I think it's only going to get stronger. So I think we're hopefully we're just showing what we're capable of. And have we dealt with the sort of misogynist kind of thing that is a male sport? And, and, and there was a lot of controversy when this all came about that this shouldn't be done because most of the girls wanted to race, you know, hard against the guys. Uh, we've had um, Nielsen and, and Catherine Legg on the show. And obviously they are living evidence that, you know, that there's some badass girls out there. Yourself now with Aston Martin. Um, I think, you know, we're now starting to to, to, to shrug that kind of... Um, 
it is. It, it quite frankly is sexism um, towards women in motorsport. There's no need for it. Um, there's absolutely we've got rid of uh, grid girls and all that kind of ridiculousness. Um, and I think um, finally we're starting to see, just as in horse racing, um, you know, <laughs> girls and guys. It's an equal. It's an equal thing. Um, and there's no reason why girls can't compete at the highest level. And I think we've missed a huge marketing opportunity. Um, I've said this all along. <laughs> Um, with females in this sport. Yeah, exactly that. I think um, I wouldn't go as far as saying sexism because I would say in my experience in the sport, I've only sort of had a positive experience, mm -hmm. but it really is a numbers game. And the reality is, is there just aren't enough women racing at the top level to ever even think about um, pushing through to Formula One, for example. So this is hopefully trying to change that and it's a small step in the right direction. Um, but also, at the same time, I want to be racing against men at the top level. I don't want to, you know, force myself into racing just against women. But the W Series is a great opportunity for me to hopefully push on to, you know, race at the top level in the future. So, um, like you said, there's opportunities um, there now that maybe weren't there uh, previously and sort of few several years ago so um yeah i'm sort of grabbing it with both hands and hopefully we can see uh change in the sport as years start to come and good for you and i don't know if you've been on american radio before but we're we're on a national platform so i want people to get to know who you are uh you're the first uh female to win in formula three in great britain and the first one to win an mrf championship and a british gt championship and you've just i believe have been taken on officially by aston martin as one of their factory drivers is that correct yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I started my journey with Aston Martin uh, quite a few years ago. So, yeah, um, I've been off doing sort of single seaters and other stuff since, but um, they've always sort of kept me on board um, and the relationship going. And yeah, to finally formalise that into a factory role this year with them is awesome. And yeah, it's great because it means that obviously I get to do the W Series this year, but also I get to do some racing with Aston Martin. And I think every racing driver just wants to be in a race car every day of the week. So, it really help, is meaning that I can live my dream. And um, yeah, I think the N24 is the next race I've got with them. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking at your profile on <clears throat> wseries.com. And I went to your profile because I was listening to you and your maturity level. She's she's only 20 years old. I, I, I mean, that, that's amazing, Jamie. You sound like you have much more maturity many years behind you but also noticed her her favorite car is a Land Rover Defender 90 there you go that's our sponsor no, good work Jamie well. nice segue <laughs> no, right, we'll, to, um, get, we, we'll let you drive our Himalaya when we get it <laughs> What's now that? I'm an Aston Martin junior driver I need to um, backtrack from that don't I <laughs> <laughs> so an Aston Martin Vantage is my favorite car obviously <laughs> so now listen now listen here um, you, we've got a couple of little races one uh, in Indianapolis and one in little old Elroy Texas I think you should be looking to the future and thinking Indy 500 and at least a spot on the grid at, at, at F3 in, in the USA don't you think Definitely. Um, I'm open to sort of all opportunities, but the States is definitely somewhere um, I'd love to come out to race. I've heard nothing but awesome things um, from every driver I know that's been out there. So, yeah, I'm coming out to Indy 500 for the first time this year just to watch. Awesome. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I honestly can't wait. Um, normally, I hate being a spectator at a racetrack because I just get itchy <laughs> feet and want to drive myself. But, but the Indy 500. Are you going to be with one particular team or are you just going to, like you say, just come on your own? 
Uh, no, so I'm um, part of Fernando Alonso's esports team. So, um, Farmer. yeah, a few of us are coming out. Um, <laughs> hopefully, get to meet Fernando and cheer him on a little bit. And yeah, just I think just enjoy the atmosphere in the race. You know, honestly, Jamie, it will blow your mind. And I know that, like Fernando, you will look at that and, and you'll look at people like Pippa Man and you'll look at what uh, Simona Del Silvestre has, has achieved and, and, of course, what um, you know what um, Danik has done uh, and go, I got to do this. <laughs> Jack Harvey yeah. just did a brilliant job yesterday now i want to get your take on 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 today's race did you watch f1 Uh, i did watch the f1 i've just been watching it um not the most exciting race i don't think i think that's um, the understatement of the year (laughs) do you reckon (laughs) i think the last last few laps was okay (laughs) Um, thanks to the safety car yeah yeah i know but i think it's getting there it's interesting to see um how the battle between mercedes and ferrari is developing um obviously mercedes uh, just seem a bit of a clear cut above the rest. But I think the midfield battle is where it's at. If you actually kind of watch what's going on there, and especially after that safety car, um, yeah, really started to spice up. And and what's your take on the whole... We, we've been talking obviously a lot about the Vettel-Leclerc thing. Um, clearly, we all want to see this kid, Leclerc, get, get, his, get, his, get his chance, right? Yeah, massively. Um, I think... Leclerc is obviously super, super highly rated um, and completely deservedly so. Um, he is super, super talented. Um, I think any racing driver watches what he's done and achieved um, and his career and envy. But I think it's a shame he's not really got a break. Obviously, Bahrain was heartbreaking for him. Uh, but I think he'll come. Um, I think the Ferrari's fast enough. They'll get their breaks. Interesting to see where. Obviously, Monaco is going to be a very different circuit for them. But, yeah, I mean... It'd be interesting to see how it all pans out because I'm sure he's going to get his break, and as soon as he does, um, he's going to be hard to um, for hard for Vettel to beat. I think. Jamie Chadwick, we really appreciate you calling in, and we want to wish you the best of luck for the season. Oh, uh, well, also find and, out when she's racing in the W Series again and let her promote it. Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> there you go. Um, next weekend, actually. There you uh, go. Next race in Zolder. That's the one. Good Belgium. Yeah, Zolder, that. Belgium. Yep. That's it. Um, and yeah. Fingers crossed. I think there's only so five races left. Uh, one down, five to go. See how it goes. There you go. Awesome. All right, Jamie Chadwick, thank you for coming on. Uh, best of luck and talk to you soon. Best of British. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we need to take a break, and we'll be back after this. I'm going to continue to talk a little F1 and maybe uh, a little other racing, too. Listen to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these missiles. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. 
sell is Austin's original craft brewery. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370. My name is Christina Nelson and this is Sweet City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. Welcome back to the show, and I am so excited. We're going to shift gears and go to IndyCar, and I'm so excited because one of my favorite and certainly one of the most popular drivers in IndyCar, Simon Pagano, has joined us. Simon, welcome to Speed City. It's awesome to be on. Thank you so much. Bon chance, mon ami. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean, what a day, what a weekend. Um, let's just, I mean, I, I guess the dust has settled down, but let's just go back to qualifying, Simon. I mean, it was it was one of the most topsy turvy qualifying with nobody able to put uh, any heat in the tires. Explain why uh, the Grand Prix of this year was so different than what we've seen in the past. Well, it was very, um, it was a very cold condition. It was sixty degrees on on uh, Friday <clears throat> when we qualified. And it was also a different format where we, we had practice and qualify on the same day. Uh, so it was very much of a very rushed day, I would say, where you really had to make quick decisions um, quickly to go forward and qualify. So um, tough day, but uh, overall, I was very happy with my race car. I think we, we extracted the best out of it. Uh, we were just trying to find more speed out of it to qualify on the front row. But um, we had a very good race car, and I knew that. And I, it, it must be a huge fill-up for you. It's been a while since you were in the winner's circle. And also for Penske, who definitely were looking at a weekend that wasn't looking so so hot, really, was it? Well, that's the thing with Penske, though. <laughs> it's such an incredible team. They, we know we're always going to be there on race day. That's that's what uh, I think you can <laughs> notice. That the series is very competitive right now with a lot of fast cars, but uh, somehow Team Penske always prevailed on race day. Uh, and I have to say... You know, from the get-go during the race, I felt like I had a car to win. So um, that's where they, they, they really they really do a good job. And, and we work the details also, not just the race car, but obviously the crew, the strategy is, is something they put a lot of emphasis on. You know, Simon, watching you in that car in the rain, especially when the rain started, it just looked like you had got the rain figured out somehow. I saw you driving on different parts of the track, checking, and at least that's what it looked like to me, where you were looking to, to see where were spots you may be able to go past. But that last uh, daring and brilliant pass of Scott Dixon in the wet on the next to the last lap, I mean, that was amazing. That was opportune, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And you know what's great about all this is that we're going to talk about it. I think the fans stayed despite the weather. And and being able to offer such a yeah. great show in the last few laps is 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 amazing to be an actor of it and uh, and to talk about it afterwards. So very pleased for that. Obviously, the result is exactly what I expect, what I wanted, what I expected, but never easy to achieve. Um, certainly, I think we had a fantastic car in the wet conditions, as it was in the dry. But in the wet conditions, 
we seemed to have a bit of an advantage. Um, and I was very aggressive. I think I was probably taking a little bit more risk than others. And sometimes in the rain, you know, it's so treacherous that you have to put it on the line a little bit more to extract some more lap time. Um, and it worked. I was indeed experiencing a lot of different line under braking to try to avoid slippery patches, but also to to uh, trump my competition a little bit. You know, it's a very bright car, and it's very easy to notice where I can go. So um, if hmm. I fake one move, then I can go the other way and surprise the, the competition most of the time. I love gonna that. Say, yeah, I was going to say, you know, we talk about where, where the, the commentators made, a, made quite a, 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 a talk of, um, you, you know, your experience with Peugeot and, and, and back in the day of, of racing in France in the wet and growing up in England. I, I'm, I'm sure you've, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know what, what any European driver must go through in his, in his informative years. Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, you know, where I'm from in France, Midwest of France, we have a lot of rain, and uh, I've done days and days of driving in the rain. I've always loved it um, because it's, it's you know, there's more opportunities to make a difference uh, because the grip is so uh, so reduced, and also the chances of going off track are bigger. So uh, risk versus reward is even more uh, more important. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I've, I've had days I actually drove in the snow sometimes <laughs> with a, in an open wheel car. Uh, but that's what we have to do. You know, I've, I've raced in Donington in England quite a few times, and hmm. most of the time it was a wet race. Yeah, so, uh, they're going to – IndyCar is going to implement the Paginot rule, and for British drivers that learn to drive, that barely drove in anything but the rain, they're going to have you do a drive through every time in every rain. because <laughs> you got an unfair ad- advantage. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> now, listen, <laughs> Simon, the, need that. The, the key there, though, is obviously literally you're straight back in the car on Tuesday, I believe, for practice because this is the month of May and this is the big one uh, and all eyes now turn. It's always hard to gauge whether you actually learn anything from the Grand Prix uh, with that in mind. Um, but as a team, as Penske are looking now towards uh, winning the 500, um, what, what, if you like, how, how are you set? Because I've never seen a more open field than we've got this year and the results play that out from Austin. Size of the field. Yeah, from Austin all the way through um, and also the way that the rookies have responded so brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, Jack Harvey, a good example the other day uh, or Saturday. Um, but, you know, how are you guys set for the next two weeks? Well, that's a great question. I think, um, obviously, you got to look at a bigger picture. I think for us on the 22 team, we have a lot of new members this year, so getting that first win was very important for uh, to get a boost of confidence. Just simply, simply said, going into the 500, you want everybody to be giving 100%, but also feel the confidence to do so. Um, and I really think that that is perfect uh, timing. I also think for the championship, that fell perfectly as well. We're right in it, back, back in it in, in position four. Um, but then the 500 is a one-off for me. You know, it's not a race that I count into the championship. I, you know, the goal is to win it, no question. So I think looking at the performance of the cars, I think uh, we'll be very strong. We have a great chassis at uh, the Speedway. But also I think Chevy's done a tremendous job with the horsepower. So looking at how we were at the end of the straight lines here in the, at the Grand Prix, I think we learned that we have the horsepower. I got a, I got a, a slightly sideways question for you. How about our, our friend Pierre Gasly? Is he going to make it? Is he going to hold on to that drive? I'm sure you probably know him, um, but I, I, I'm just like to get uh, you know some a peer of his to, to to give me an opinion on 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 Pierre Gasly. Gasly. Well, I think people are a bit harsh with him, to be honest. I think you know it's um, 
it's a tough position to be in. I don't think the car's, they've said it, the car is not that easy to drive this year. And you know, he's had to adjust to it quite a bit. He's struggling a bit more than Verstappen at uh, getting used to it. But, um, you know, give him a little bit of time. There's only been uh, five races, I believe, or four. Um, you know, it's a long championship. And uh, by the end of the year, he'll figure it out. He's a very talented uh, driver. Uh, he's not there by mistake. So just give him some time. I'm actually quite impressed with his uh, uh, ability mentally to, uh, uh, you know, adjust to the pressure because um, there's been a lot of bad things said about him. You know, Simon, one thing, we're, om- we're almost out of time here, but uh, we've been interviewing IndyCar drivers for a few years. And my favorite thing now is we get to say, what would, how was Austin? And we get to say, we'd see you back in Austin because we're here in Austin and having IndyCar here, uh, yeah, it's I, so cool. it, it seemed like a huge success. I think everybody loved it, and uh, we're we're so excited to have you guys here. Yeah, well, it was an awesome race. I really enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, I had to start from the back, but uh, <laughs> it was a really, really interesting race. Uh, lots of passing, perfect perfect racetrack for the Indy cars and uh, for us to produce a good show. So um, awesome town as well. Um, I definitely think it's a, it's a great host for for IndyCar. Thank you, guys. Well, Simon Pagano, thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations on yeah, the big well win. Very impressive. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, of course, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Cross fingers for Indy. Yeah, right. best of luck in the 500, my <laughs> yeah. friend. And what a nice guy, man. Super guy. Uh, really good guy. And like he says, he's now fourth in the championship. Um, the Indy championship yeah. is holding up so nicely. I can't wait to get amongst it. I, I, I'm desperate to go to some more races. But there you go. I know, and I love to the fact that when you turn on the race, you have no idea who's going to win. Yeah. You have no idea. Literally. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks, uh, and gals, thanks for tuning in today. And, of course, check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We have lots of content up there. We've got our May 22nd, uh, I think, Beers and Gears. Oh, yeah, Beers and Gears here in Austin at Cellus Brewery. So put Join us. Yeah, we have some amazing cars that come out there. Check it out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.